This Jazz team be exciting. Plus, Ochai Abaji, Kansas's own, the former Jayhawk, joins the podcast to talk about his team's run to the tournament title and how he got here, how Summer League went for him. All about that, the trade, here on Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. I'm JP Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. Reaction to last week's pod, because it's pretty big when the Jazz trade Donovan Mitchell and you see them going down this new path. And it reached beyond the podcast space because somebody asked me in the wild about one of the quotes from the podcast. It should be highlighted how much and how available Danny and Justin are right now because you're listening to a jazz podcast. Uh, it would appear that you're pretty invested in this team. And as someone that follows it day to day, even I'm amazed at how much you're hearing the methodology with which this team's working, the reasoning, the explanation. Wait a minute, they trade their two best players and this is how they're going to go about to getting a championship? Quote I'm, I'm talking about is the one where Danny told Bowler, this year's team is going to be exciting. Well, I think the fans can expect fun and excitement, energy. Uh, I mean, I feel it in the gym already this summer. Um, there's so much enthusiasm. Um, we have youth. We have two young lottery picks or first-round picks, one lottery pick. Um, we have... Uh, a kid in Markinen who's had a fantastic summer this summer and just had 43 points yeah. and a big win. Um, I think we, uh, you know, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, dynamic 21-year-old player. Um, I think there's a lot to be excited about. I'm excited about this team. And, um, yeah, like I, I don't anticipate that our team is going to win as many games as the, as we've won, but I believe that it's going to be more entertaining and more exciting basketball. It got a reaction. Because on its face, how is a season going to be more exciting than all the wins that you accrued over the last five years? How does that make sense? Well, since you're listening, it's going to give you an opportunity to watch this team on the ground floor. Get in on the ground floor. Get in before... Everybody knows the band, and everybody understands why they're popular. You're going to see them at Kilby Court before they play Vivint Arena. That is where you're going to see how exciting this team is. There are a lot of interesting parts on this team right now, and I understand team's not done yet. They could still be doing more. You could listen to the Brian Windhorst interview on this podcast just to hear how much more could be done to this team before opening day, and even past opening day, really. Their five, as of right now, has a lot of functional NBA talent. It's not like Danny's team that he left Brad Stevens to have his first year with. It isn't. It's not comparable. This team has way more talent. I was looking up. 2013, Brad's first year is after Doc Rivers goes to L.A., KG and Paul Pierce are in Brooklyn. That's the Danny tear it down reconstruction that everybody is pointing to for this sort of squad. And that 2013 team, their leading scorer was Jeff Green. Jeff Green is still playing in the NBA. I don't think anybody would characterize him as a lead scorer. This team has that. They have a lead scorer. 
They have a couple of guys who can be a lead scorer. Colin Sexton, for one, he's a 20-point-per-game guy. Jordan Clarkson, are you going to keep him on the bench? Or is he going to get thrust into a bigger role? Boyan Bogdanovich, what's going to happen with him? Is he going to have the green light to where he's throwing up 10 threes a game? And Mike Conley, on his day, he is a very consistent and steady hand at the point guard position. So the over-under win total on DraftKings right now is 25.5 for the Utah Jazz. And that Celtics team in 13 went 25-57. and And I see way more talent on this Jazz team. Way more. And there's going to be more excitement because you've heard of these NBA players. Listen to the roster for that 2013 Celtics team. Because I don't even know how many NBA heads now know about Jared Sullinger. I remember him because I love college basketball and I watched him at Ohio State. Kelly Olenek out of Gonzaga. He played 70 games for them. Brandon Bass played the entire season. Chris Humphreys, a Jazz draft pick, by the way, got 69 games. Avery Bradley was the second leading scorer on that Boston squad. The only real similarity that I see between those two squads is first-year head coach, he's going to make mistakes. Because Brad Stevens made mistakes his first year. Happens. Will Hardy's going to have that for himself. Now he has a coaching staff and a bunch of guys that he could rely on. That will certainly help. Jeff Hornacek being back in the fold as a coaching consultant. He has head coaching experience and can bounce off those ideas with him. It's a way less pressurized situation than actually being an assistant. But Jeff has those experiences, can offer his thoughts, and get out of there as quickly as he can. His involvement, I'm sure, will develop throughout the year, figure it out. But this is something that many coaches out of the game have gotten back in and found their niche to getting another coaching job. Steve Clifford just did this with the Brooklyn Nets. And it worked out for him. was a nice little reprieve from having those big stresses on him. Now he can go back to his family and not be as so wrapped up in everything that comes with a coach. That's a sidetrack. But that development is still going to be an exciting part of the entire year. And that's even without looking up the players who are going to be something on their own. Colin Sexton is the best player in that Donovan Mitchell trade heading back to Utah. So, who is he? Is he a good stats, bad team guy? Is he someone that contributes to winning? I can understand pause for a player like him, but he's a 20-point-per-game scorer. How is he going to influence this version of the Jazz? What about the other big player in that deal? Lowry Markkinen. He had an insane Eurobasket. It's causing Danny and Justin to watch those games on delay. They have to check out, how did he do this? And if Markkinen finds his spot, he's still pretty young. He can contribute NBA-level basketball. Pretty good story in the Salt Lake Tribune by Eric Walden on Markkinen. Learn more background, how he worked with Hanno Metala to get over to play college ball overseas. Over his seas, I suppose. But that's what I'm excited about. Those questions and more. When it comes to next week at Media Day, hearing how the players are reacting to this team, what they've got, 
Can they win? Can they find ways to improve themselves? Because if they do hit the under on that 25 win total, draft's pretty good. And apparently, one and done is going to be out of the picture, and there's going to be an entirely new crop of players that will join the draft prospect list. Finally, I can go back to watching YouTube clips of EYBL, just grinding tape that way. Don't go hungry, my friends. Always eat the tape. Is it going to be exciting? Are you surprised that I'm excited? I love basketball, so I'm going to love watching where this team goes. And as intense as the last couple years have been with the lofty expectations, trying to respond after getting ousted by the Clippers without Kawhi, as intense as that was, this will be a different pace, a different speed, and a different end game for what the wins day-to-day are going to be. I want to see. I want to see how many of these players got that dog in him. Do some x-rays. Five stars. Nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. Available wherever you get your pods. Otrayabaji. A pleasure to sit down with a former Kansas Jayhawk. Because if you're thinking about his player profile, what can he be at this level? You hear a lot about Desmond Bain. That's who his best case scenario he's going to be. He's underrated for being a four-year college guy, NBA draft Knicks, Many of them don't like that. They get scared off by anybody who's 22. But I know what Ochai does. He wins. He is a professional player. He knows what he's good at and will stick to it. Came into college, 30% three-point shooter, ends it as a 40% guy, and he does it the hard way. He's willing to put in the hard work. He's connected to Dame in that his trainer worked out with Dame. They have that connection. And if he comes in with that attitude, four years in college, zero years in college, doesn't matter, I will buy stock in Ochai because he has the right size to be a 3 and D wing, hang out in the corner, defend well for his position. He can do that if he stays within his game and is willing to put in the work. And it seems like he is. So please get to know here on Round Ball Roundup. It's Ochai Abaji on the podcast. So basically, that quote comes from uh, Damian Lillard, or I mean, Damian Lillard told me that, but or not told me that, but told my trainer that. So it came from my trainer, which is Dame's guy. Um, basically means, um, you know, there's a different breed. Uh, you know, you, poodles and pit bulls don't belong, obviously, in the same kennel. Um, you're at a different level and a different, you know, mental capacity if you're that if you're that uh, that pit bull. So well, and it fits your story because reading up about you. You were in a huge recruit, and then all of a sudden you're at Kansas and you win a national championship. That sort of story doesn't come along often. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that set you up for where you are now, finally in the NBA? Um, you know, really just just uh, going going through college and you know going all four years and, and doing something that not a lot of people do and um, going through ups and downs and obviously coming up coming up on top. 
um, of my college career was great, but I think it's just even more motivating going to the NBA because um, there's still a lot more winning to do. There's a lot more, you know, championships, dreams, and goals to chase here. Was there a moment where it clicked for you work-wise where you said, I got to work even harder than I think that I'm working right now mm -hmm. to get to that level? Uh, I mean, just just really going into my senior year. I think um, everything that I had learned from that pre-draft summer, um, going into my senior year, uh, I just applied it to that. And I said, you know, I'm going to take everything that I've learned and all these hardworking habits that I've learned from this, this summer and uh, just apply it and see where, where this will take me. What was something that you received in the pre-draft that you made sure to do when mm -hmm. it came to your senior year? Um, just, just really stay consistent with, with the routine that I have. Um, you know, showing up before practice, getting work in before practice, working out when I can, whether it's after a win, a loss, a good game, or a bad game, just, just staying consistent and um, improving throughout the season, I think, um, is something that I did. What was that experience like at Kansas? Because you're, you're from uh, Kansas City. Mm -hmm. you, this is something that you know. You're born in a place that is a hotbed for college basketball. Mm -hmm. And to be a star there, I'm sure it was a cool experience. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a really cool experience. Um, obviously, yeah, like you said, being from Kansas City, uh, that's our only basketball. We don't have an NBA team um, anywhere kind of close, but that's our basketball. That's our main basketball for, for the state of Kansas and Missouri. So um, you always have that support. I always feel that support. And that, that's really that what keeps me going. And you thought you were going to redshirt mm -hmm. that first year. You yeah. get in against TCU, and they draw a play up for you. Mm -hmm. uh, in the first game, your first minutes, yeah. was there a point where you were saying, I must be dreaming right now? Uh, after that game, I mean, just even before when they had pulled my red shirt, I just couldn't believe it. But um, just being ready for that opportunity, um, I just stayed ready and prepared myself, and um, the rest was history. What was the experience of winning a national championship? Mm -hmm. Only so many people can experience. There were some jazz men in the past. Eric Pascal won a national mm -hmm. championship. Jerry Butler uh, right now on the team, you, you're the newest guy. Mm -hmm. How was it to win a national championship? Uh, it's great. It's always the, the best experience, um, you know, getting a championship for your university and your school and um, all the pride that goes into to college athletics alone um, makes it all worth it, you know, when you do win the national championship. And um, now you go around and, and you're that face that everyone sees and they, they know and they can correlate to you to, to the national championship team and being on that squad. But um, it's something that, you know, we wanted to do. We wanted to create history last year, and we did that. Was there a moment of doubt? Because it might creep in when you're down 15 <laughs> in that game mm -hmm. to North Carolina, who had just beaten their rival. Everybody knew that story. Yeah. You guys, you're down 15 in, in the final game. You mm -hmm. either win or you lose. What was that moment? I mean, we had actually been down uh, a couple times. We had been down 17 on the road before that season or last season, so – um, it wasn't anything that we hadn't seen before. Um, we had, we knew what to do. We knew if we um, went out there and just played our game, then everything, you know, would be fine, and um, we'd have a chance to compete again. So, is there a memory that sticks out in that season where you thought we're going to be pretty good this year? We might have a chance. Um, I want to say it was after. Yeah, it was after we won the Big Twelve. I mean, it's kind of late in the yeah. season. Obviously, yeah. you start clicking. There's ups and downs throughout the season. We got blown out by Kentucky at home. Like that was a low point of the season. Then we started winning in the in the Big Twelve and obviously won the conference um, at the end there. And um, you did it without Remy Martin, one of our our guys coming off the bench. That's a, a prolific scorer. So going to the tournament, that was just like, man, we have this extra piece, our piece that's coming back and. Um, we're excited for him, and obviously he was uh, that that 
that push that we needed to get Did there. you guys really play Duck, Duck, Goose in the Sweet 16? Yeah, that was my idea, actually. Um, <laughs> okay, tell me about it. Uh, really just, you know, we had we had been on the road. This is our second weekend. We are in Chicago. Um, kind of getting down to those last games, maybe those last practices, you know, always questionable because it's winter go home. So um, everyone was kind of just staying present, staying in the moment. But we got out there, and uh, instead of stretching, I was just like, guys, let's get in a circle. Because we were already already in a circle um, doing some, like, you know, ground stretches, all that stuff. And I was like, let's just play Duck, Duck, Goose. Like, you know, not think about the game that we have tomorrow or, you know, think too much about what's going on and really just enjoy each other and enjoy each other's presence right now um, while we all are all still together. So. Because that's a pretty high leverage move. I mean, it's win or go home at that point. Survive yeah. <laughs> in advance. Everybody knows to have the break the ice moment mm-hmm. of duck duck goose takes you back it just shows i mean obviously everyone on our everyone on our team um was close with each other um the chemistry was 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 unlike none other so now let me tell you about first colony mortgage they've been serving the lending needs of utah for more than 35 years as a mortgage banker first colony mortgage offers advantages over other lenders Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz. step up in level you got some action in, in summer league with the Cavaliers mm-hmm. uh what did you learn in your first couple games being able to play at an NBA type level um really I mean there's a lot of games just just even at summer league there was a lot of games in a short amount of time I think uh we even had a back-to-back one day so it was just like you know playing my first back-to-back um even if it was summer league just getting used to that and um, getting used to the pace, the the game. Even even though it was summer league, it was still you know NBA official officiating all that stuff, um, and just really enjoying it down there. I think summer league, everyone's like summer league's a lot of fun, and um, I really saw why because it's just a whole lot of basketball going on. You can go watch. You're around a lot of basketball, a lot of faces there, a lot of names. So it's it's fun. Well, and you were able to show some things because I think you know you look at the mock drafts where you were going. Three and D was your prototype, but mm-hmm. in, in summer league, you're able to show off your on-the-ball mm-hmm. capabilities right there. And that's, I'm sure, something that you're working on going into the year. Yeah, yeah. Just obviously, you know, progressing in, in every every aspect of my game, my defense. Um, obviously, don't think I can shoot the ball well enough. So just continuing to improve that um, consistency in that and just also just being a playmaker. What's something that you're looking forward to playing in Vivint Arena with mm-hmm. the Jazz fans, finally wearing the NBA official mm-hmm. regular season outfit. I mean shoot just coming out there every home game away game um battling competing going out there playing hard um being at home playing at Vivint uh having that energy every single night I'm just excited for that and I'm um, excited for the fans is there something we don't know about Doak because just a little, a little bit of a, a he's probably giving you everything you know <laughs> I don't know he's a, he's a little reserved <laughs> yeah but that's dope. um you play you played with Doak on Kansas and his injury actually opened up for your red shirt to, mm-hmm. to start playing yeah. what's one thing that we don't know about Doak that that you might be able to share uh, what's one thing you guys don't know about Doke? He, huh? He likes to he likes to cook. 
Okay. It's weird. I don't know if he would tell you he likes to cook, but he when I was his roommate in college, he would like to cook a lot. So okay. cook his African food. So what was his go to dish? Uh shoot, anything pasta. He'd be cooking up pasta, some spaghetti, whatever, but he was always making something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, well we'll look forward to asking about his pasta next time. You need to, up. yeah. <laughs> and we'll let him know that you brought it up. Yeah. So we don't get in trouble. Fourteenth <laughs> overall pick of the NBA draft, Ochai Abaji. Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. Ocha, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me.